1: All dogs go to heaven. Do you remember that movie? I do. There are parts of it that weirded me out. Like, I'm trying to remember it as my adult self, but I'm sure I don't remember it right. Rewatch! <laughs> I like it when we're laughing before I start recording and then I hit the button and yet we are still laughing. Y'all will never know. We're totally profesh. And all. Awesome. <laughs> Trying to make a sound cooler, parent. <laughs> you know, and Nulls sounds a uh, little... Oh. <laughs> Stop it right now. It is the end of our book study portion of this mini-series, The Five Love Languages. But we are also tying in... It doesn't have to be your significant other. You could tie this into your kids, mm-hmm. the workplace. If it's workplace, it's appreciation languages. They just change the word there. So, basically, love. How to love people.
0: Yeah. Loving on your
1: best friend. Loving on your family. Excellent.
0: True. Yeah, true, true that.
1: So we've gone over the five love languages, which are pop quiz fair, and what are they? Oh, thank goodness I
0: have the table of contents here. <laughs> uh, in no particular order, except the order that they are in the book and in this <laughs> mini series. Keep it all the same. <laughs> yes. First, we talked about words of affirmation, then quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch.
1: Bow-chip-bop. Oh, that, we did that last time, didn't we? I'm Look sure we that. did. And Farron, for fun, what is the order of your love languages? To recap, we're recapping in this episode.
0: Oh, you know, I'm going to say it was quality time and access service at the top. But that might not be accurate. It could just be what I need today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, uh, there's that. minor. T- oh, you know what? I have... Wait, you know. they're down here. Oh, yours yeah, our remember. Written down. That's this what is why was. you take notes, people. This is the yes. power of journaling <laughs> at it, hand.
0: It was quality time, and then it was a four-way tie, <laughs> oh, yeah. or three-way tie for second
1: place with receiving gifts at the bottom. What a nine. Okay, what about you? Well, my top two tied, quality time and physical touch, but... In one of the chapters we're going to go over, it talks about how to deal with the tiebreakers and what truly is the first one versus second place, and so on. So that'll be a neat thing to dive into. Awesome. Well, speaking of which, the
0: chapters we're covering today are Discovering Your Primary Love Language,
1: Love is a Choice, and Loving the Unlovely. Mm -hmm. Some of these topics are a little bit hard, especially if you are in a rut, Whether it's your teen gone wild, and you're like, oh my gosh, stop that. Or your spouse has gone astray kind of thing. So it'll be, again, he gives anecdote after anecdote on how to walk through this. So you are not alone. This is not the first time it's happened. It's not the last time it's happened, but this is really good advice. So that's why we are sharing it with the world. Yes.
0: So if we've been going through this uh, mini-series and you're like, man, they seem pretty positive about what their love language is, but you're over there not so sure. Guess what? What? That's normal for some people. Just kind of like we say with the Enneagram a whole lot, you're going to really have to, some people really have to work at it and dig. And as always, we encourage you to get the book, but spend some time with it. So that's what we're going to talk about in this first chapter titled Discovering Your Primary Love Language.
1: He tells a story about how he has seen people either have no, no idea They have no idea what their love language is for two reasons. Either one, their love tank, what he calls it, air quotes, love tank, which I will promptly stop using that phrase. (laughs) Love tank. It's like a gas tank and not like an army tank, too. Mm, There you go. By the way. Either your love tank (laughs) is super full, your, your significant other or relationship, whatever it is you're working on in particular, is filled to the brim with love. So you're like, oh, well i'm all, all these things are wonderful or it's the opposite on i have felt so empty that i have no idea where to start so again that's what you were saying Farron. getting this book it already comes with the quiz built in the back if you buy the audiobook it's an attached pdf that you can just go through and you can mark up the photo if you take a photo of it so there's a way
0: where there's a will there is a
1: way you can even just like with an enneagram quiz if you take a free one online they're 60 to 80 percent accurate it at least eliminates a few so at least when you look at the five love languages you could probably go well it's probably not this one at least and you kind of reverse your reverse what is it called work backwards i'm an educator yes <laughs> start
0: with the end in mind Which actually leads nicely to some questions that he prompts you with in this chapter. Yes. So one of the ones he starts with is, what makes you feel most loved by your spouse? So the next time that you're like, dang, he loves me, I love him, this is awesome, try to catch yourself in that moment and identify what was making you feel loved.
1: Right, make sure you're paying attention and having that top of mind, that question. Top of mind, and I would write it down if it were me and I were you, and I had a journal, <clears throat> 21 Kicks. Yes. Then I would write it down, and that way you can kind of keep a log or make a note in your phone, because you, you know, I'll remember, and then you don't. No. Your brain fills up with other things. It's the children. <laughs> um, And so
0: then... You can't I, blame them for everything they're in. But I do. <laughs> uh So the inverse of that, too,
1: is like, what does your spouse do or say, or fail to do, that hurts you deeply? Well, I know that no one listening to this is a nagger. I know that. No one nags who's listening, right? Right. But if you did hypothetically, what is it the thing? What is the thing you are nagging about the most? Is it them to clean the gutters, or take out the trash, or put the dang toilet roll on? All of those were of service examples. Is it... He just doesn't sit and talk to me. or I feel
0: ignored. Yeah,
1: because mm. that could be quality time. So he goes over very specific examples, and if any of those ring true, that could start pointing you in the right direction.
0: And exactly. And another question is, what have I most often requested of my spouse? And it could even be things that maybe you sit around with your girlfriends and you're like, man, I really wish he would X, Y, or Z. Um, mine that I sometimes wish is that me and Jacob would travel or just like go somewhere. Date nights are great, but I want like that extended in a different setting, all the things. But back to kind of like the motive behind it, it's not the gift of it. It's not the, I don't want to plan it. So that's an act of service. If he takes on the burden of planning, when I sit there with that, like wish, It's, man, if we went away and left the busyness of life and our amazing kids with their grandparents who would spoil them for a few days, man, the time we would have to spend together uninterrupted. So, again, whatever it is that you are requesting of your spouse or maybe wishing they would do, what's at the foundation of that request?
1: Yeah, I like how we've mentioned it before, especially with Enneagram. You have to boil it down to the why, Why is that the thing that I want or the thing I'm desiring? Or why is that the way I do things? That all is coming back to one of those five foundational love languages. Yes. And to your point, too, because it's in the same section talking
0: about the nagging or the wishing or the Mm -hmm. wanting. It's, I don't know, this this is hard to read. But he says that this is your effort to secure emotional love from your spouse. Yeah. Mm, securing love because i think that's hard especially these days with the divorce rate so high and you know i'm sure people have always struggled and relationships have always been hard but just hearing that like ultimately you want to secure that
1: relationship yeah just solidify the team the team there because there's no there's no bailing out if you've made that covenant and commitment there's no bailout so where are we going to go from here
0: yeah i kind of make it Think of it as like when a storm's coming and you secure your house or you go pick up stuff out of the yard or, you know, if you have a boat, I'm imagining, <laughs> you need to secure <laughs> When you travel, that you're going to boat. <laughs> you need to secure that thing before the hurricane comes. And it's yeah. like, we talk about it a lot, your relationship is going to face hard times because turns out we are not in heaven. And so what are you doing in the moments that you... To prepare for this
1: storm, to right. prepare. You'd want to go into the storm having a full love tank as opposed to uh, coming yeah. in on fumes, like, oh no. <laughs> exactly. And now we have this thing. So a lot of it is prevent. If you're in in the valley, then you can still start working on this. And if you're not in a valley, then a lot of it is prevent, which is very good for any relationship ever. Just having those standard BDAs like we've talked about before and pair fighting. <laughs> yes. And so, You know the golden rule, Brooke? I do. Treat others. But I also forgot, so please tell me. (laughs) Treat others
0: the way that you would like to be treated. True. And after our studies on the Enneagram, um, we've learned that some people don't want to be treated the same way you want to be treated. Uh, I am very uh, quiet when you first get to know me and reserved and, like, in the corner. And so I don't want someone to come up and be in my face and be loud. But to somebody else, they're like, man, if I was new, I'd want someone to, like, include me and make me feel like attention on me and i'm like not about that so anyways back to the point the way you're treating somebody the so if you're doing acts of service for your spouse because then you're like maybe they'll do acts of service for me that's how you're showing love yes mm-hmm. you might be acting the way you want them to treat you so if one question you can ask yourself is like well how am i trying to show them love
1: and is that really the type of love I want to see? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this maybe a, a mini-series or two ago about like a, not a time audit, but like a prioritization audit kind of thing. And I talked about how every day I make sure to ask Morgan, what is one thing I can do for you? Because I know he's acts of service. What's one thing I can do for you? And he'll give me just a thing. I always try to do that first so I don't forget because I probably will. Or I got to write it down. <laughs> I got a journal about it. Uh, so you can always ask your spouse, what's a way that I can help you out today or make you feel loved to today and listen to like the, a few things they rattle off and maybe that's going to point you in the right direction, especially if they're like, I don't want to take a quiz. You could randomly ask them at one, one question a day, like, Hey, would you rather, <laughs> let's, play would, let's play, would you rather, <laughs> I like it. Would you rather have a high five or me sit next to you? <laughs> uh, or would you rather talk about i don't know
0: talk about your feelings or receive a free pizza <laughs>
1: that's a tough one they or mm, what pizza. would you like a coupon book for time with me remember remember those
0: <laughs> yes but you know be careful what you ask because your feelings might get hurt time with well. me babe or <laughs> i could do the dishes oh, oh uh-oh
1: Bro. dang but <laughs> man i guess i was telling i was saying it in cg maybe a week or two ago i said i hate vacuuming but i love morgan <laughs> so i'm gonna vacuum because i love him and that has really helped change my perspective and now i'm not angry vacuuming i'm recovering from angry vacuuming Yeah, praise so now you're able to say i'm not vacuuming i'm loving morgan
0: and you i know, love to love morgan
1: I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah! <laughs> yeah, because then we talked about what the vacuum lines would look like yes. you know,
1: with angry vacuuming. Yes, versus... Vacuum a heart, you know, yeah. I just love you so much. Morgan, what the heck is that? <laughs> in the carpet? I was getting creative with my vacuuming, okay? <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so yeah, have fun with it so you don't go crazy vacuuming.
0: Yeah, and if you're feeling crazy because you're like, why is this so hard for me? He says that there are, in fact, a couple of reasons that determining your love language can be difficult. What? the what? first Well, the first one isn't too terrible of a reason. Okay, good. You're not crazy. You're fortunate. It could be hard to determine your emotional um, love language because your tank has been full for a very long time. So, I don't know about you, but if we try to make a grocery list after we've just finished eating, it's really hard to come up with any ideas. Because, good analogy. Yeah. I don't know how I thought of that one, but I am too thinking that this is a pretty <laughs> great analogy. hungry or full right now. <laughs> I'm very full, but uh, it's hard to come up with a grocery list of what you want to eat when you just ate a huge meal and you never want to eat
1: again. Same thing. If you're very hungry, going to the grocery store, you've done it. I've done it. We've all done it. Everything looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, everything. <laughs> exactly. I need a high five. You talk to me, you wash my car, and then us go hang out.
0: You know what, Brooke? It's as if you've read this book before because the second point is that it could be difficult for you to determine your love language if your tank has been empty for a long time because dang, you might just take any love
1: language you can get. True. Yep. I really like at the end of each chapter, he has that your turn section. And this one is multiple paragraphs. And by multiple, I just mean two. But (laughs) it's still good questions to ask yourself. He mentions the tank check game, which you just... It's just a check-in with who, whomever you're trying to develop a relationship with. Like, hey, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are we at? How can I fill it up? So, ask yourself, and or your have your spouse ask you, or vice versa, every once in a while. Maybe, like, a weekly tank check. I think he suggests a week, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I will not be saying to Morgan, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you love tank, fool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just picturing all
0: sorts of mood music and "Hey baby," how's that love tank treat needed. Oh Lord! (laughs) Hopefully they don't listen to these before our next episodes. But TBD,
1: TBD. (laughs) He's still on the fence. (laughs) Listeners, (laughs) we are really hoping we have some lovely guests in the next two episodes. Stay tuned. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah.
0: Chapter 10. We'll make it happen. Yes. Hey, speaking of which, love is a choice.
1: I uh, hope he makes a good one. <laughs> man. <laughs> if you, for real. <laughs> How many acts of service do I have to do to get you to say yes to this? Uh, so, love is a choice. That is really hard. I think especially if once you fall out of the emotional love, then you're like, well, okay, reality has hit. Now we are honoring a commitment and love is now an act. It should be an act the whole time, but sometimes that can be masked by the emotion. But we all know feelings can be liars, so we have to make sure we're checking ourselves with what our actions are actually doing, despite how we're feeling. Yes.
0: And he cuts deep in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just like, today I don't feel like it, tomorrow maybe I will. He's um, targeting specifically to where there's some forgiveness involved. Right. So... Um, there's been hurt, there could have been all sorts of things that happen in any relationship, Mm -hmm. Uh, but making the choice to change the future. So, you can't go back, can't undo the past, but if you are truly forgiving the person and making the choice to move forward, you can create a different future.
1: Here's the kicker. Your spouse may have, may not want anything to do with trying to grow y'all's relationship, but again there i feel like god's going to honor your commitment if you're honoring it so if you're putting in the work you're showing acts of service or physical touch or whatever it is again he talks about trial and error i mean try writing a note try try them all and see what's sticking he even gives an example of what to do there was there's a story where the husband was having an affair and the wife was wanting to just how do I, how do i get my husband back because I love him. I want to honor my commitment, and I'm having a really hard time with this. And he said, let's do a six-month experiment. And I feel like every every experiment he's ran, is like, try it for a month. Try it for six months. So it might not. And don't expect immediate results. Weird. We just went over that in one of our previous miniseries. So it's going to take some time. And just make sure you're trying to do your best and do it with uh, a spirit-filled heart. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I like that he also addresses um, some people might find themselves in a cycle, so to speak. Uh, Falling in love, and then, you know, some time passes, they fall out of love, and then a bright, new, shiny other person comes by, and then they're in love, and they fall out of love. And so um, Mm -hmm. what he's saying there is, you know, there's still choice, like you were just saying, Brooke, when you fall out of love. So not to be repetitive. But that in those instances, the thing that's going to break the cycle is stopping, figuring out your love language, but also your spouse's, and making the choice every day to fill that tank. Um,
1: It's an active commitment to that relationship. And it's not easy. I mean, we've all been in our valleys where you're just like, oh my goodness, you've lost your mind, and I've lost my mind, and here we are. We've got to take it just... Even what we talked about with Lisa Shinrock, just one more minute, one more hour. Like, what, what can I do to show love to this person? In this, I think it's this chapter. In this chapter, he also talks about, well, what if that love language doesn't come natural to me? My family just, we weren't huggers. We never said, or we never said, I love you. Morgan came from a family that they don't say, I love you all of the time. But in my family, we said it all of the time. We still say it all of the time. We hug all of the time. And so it just boils it down to, well, if that's their love language, why wouldn't you make the effort to do that? Yes, I love that it is in this chapter. And he says, when people
0: say, but what if that doesn't come naturally to them? His answer is, so?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Suck it up. Yes. yeah. Well, And he uses the example of vacuuming doesn't come naturally to anyone, or scrubbing dishes doesn't come naturally to anyone. That's a thing you have to actually work at and do. He gives the example of the husband who, his chore growing up was vacuuming. So he's like, ooh, when I grow up, I'm going to go wife. I'm never going to vacuum. And his wife's love language is acts of service. And so at one point while they're talking, she's like, if you could just vacuum for me twice a week. And he's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But if that means, if that means as his love language is, physical touch and he's like oh okay so wait you're saying Dr. Chapman that every time I vacuum she feels as loved as I do when she physically touches me and he's like yeah that's right And he goes I'm gonna go vacuum (laughs) I'll be right back (laughs) that's funny too because um
0: one of the punishments in Jacob's house growing up was you had to go match
1: the socks in the sock bucket Oh, man so he's one of four kids as well man you could have really pivoted that to like a fun matching game and i mean that's what i've done that's what i've done too <laughs>
0: yes and the girls like they'll fight it's over it find the match
1: They're like i was gonna find that one
0: and like each of them's holding a sock uh-huh, in, yeah in pair. yeah no but like so he swears subconsciously but he'll help with the laundry which is awesome but not this not the socks Occasionally he'll do his own because I don't, I don't know. Like when it is the family socks, it is quite the variety. And I'm sure it's very hard. All the girls' socks look the same. But, yeah. Yep. So. That's a it's funny. funny side note. Also, with soccer, I said I was never going to do a burpee again when we finished. <laughs> and there have been a couple instances where I've had to do a burpee for a Inter- workout. CrossFit. <laughs> yep. Yep. Jokes on jokes on jokes on us. (laughs) All right, this quote is pretty awesome. I'm not saying it needs to wrap up this chapter, but it's kind of a mic drop moment, okay? He says, but ultimately, comfort is not the issue, right? So if it doesn't come naturally to you, essentially, it's putting you in an uncomfortable position. You're having to step outside your comfort zone. So, but ultimately, comfort is not the issue. We are talking about love. And love is something you do for someone else, not something you do for yourself. And then following that, the whole theme of the book is if you are expressing their love language,
1: it is most often reciprocated. So what goes around comes around. And tying the faith aspect into it, Jesus showed us the ultimate love sacrifice. So if we can can vacuum, good golly, (laughs) you can do it. Suck it up. Suck it up, buttercup.
0: hmm Yeah. So, remember, we're not trying to find the most comfort.
1: We're trying to find love. So. Yeah. Okay. okay. Chapter 11. Love makes the difference. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So he starts off
0: with our emotional needs, and he has them in three categories. And not just him. He says psychologists have observed that. These are the three main categories. Security. Self worth and significance.
1: Well, they all started with the letter S. Uh, I wonder,
0: that. you know, they do that. Is that so a sermon well, somewhere. A maybe the three S words
1: uh, <laughs> 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 for basic needs. Because so. I'm only why, and I never watched. What's that movie? No, what's that reality show? Jersey Shore. No. Oh. Never did I watch that. You might have. But there is definitely three S words in a row that... Anyway. Oh, I thought we were talking about gym tan laundry. Oh, there's another one. There's more. (laughs) (laughs) But wait. There's more. Well, okay, things that I don't want to think about.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, if you feel loved by your spouse, then you will have that sense of security. Okay? So, tying it all back. All humans need these three things security self-worth and significance and love is a way to get there so again if you feel loved by your spouse then you have that sense of security and i've thought that a lot with just the move and all the things we've been dealing with with covid and business changes and all the things it's like dang i'm glad i have jacob because Mm -hmm. he does provide a sense of security like He helps lift me up and he carries the load and he Yeah like constantly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think if I had to do a lot more on my own I wouldn't feel very secure. So I see I see that. Yeah. The second one is self worth. And so again, the words of affirmation, the spending quality time, you know, if
1: someone wants to be around you, you might be Mm Must be worth something to them. Right, and just remember, words shape your thoughts. You don't have to believe every thought you think. Remember that. We have millions of mini series on that. We'll link them all. But you don't have to believe every thought you think, but words that you are hearing or saying shape how you're thinking. So if that's tying back into that significance, that self-worth, all that jazz, make sure what you're saying to the people you love is building them up in a way that it, help shape their thoughts in a positive way.
0: Yes. So, to me, the self-worth and significance kind of go hand in yeah. hand. Um, so that one felt a smidge redundant in my that's opinion. right. Say it twice, say it twice.
1: Quantum Zeno effect. Uh, see? <laughs> I only said it seven times. Good job. In the Your Turn section of this, it says, what does your spouse or other person do to make you feel more significant? I think that's a good question that we don't, Really stop to ask ourselves. But if that is if you're like, well, significant, that still kind of feels whatever. Okay, how do you feel loved? But what is what are specifics? Not just, oh well, I just know that they love me. What do they do specifically? And that will also help you find your love language and possibly theirs. Yes. And I think we've all felt
0: this way. If you are not uh feeling loved. It kind of magnifies the issues. Yes. So if yours is quality time and they spend a lot of time at work, then the amount of time and extra time they spend working seems to magnify that much more. So um, it's it's right there. It's not my
1: imagination. Well, (laughs) side note, remember, you don't have to believe every thought you think, so if you feel like they're working more and you're not getting the quality time, pick their brain because sometimes they pulled the extra shift so they could buy you the gift or take you to the dinner or make money to pay for the babysitter so you can have a date night. So if you follow up, you might have this wrong narrative in your head. So always just double-check. That's why communication is so important. But don't be like, why are you working so much? Just bring it up casually, not aggressively. I'll you aggressors eights yes. one wing twos oh my goodness certainly not nines <laughs> <laughs> what would a nine say <laughs> nothing hey, nothing at all <laughs> uh, if,
0: if you feel like hanging out or something you on. we could do that or not and if you have work to do i understand no? okay bye <laughs> in fact why don't you do you and i'll just <laughs> have you seen the real words like i'm gonna go cry for like
1: Thirty,
0: maybe forty-five minutes, but then I'll be back. Oh
1: my gosh! (laughs) No, I haven't, but thank you for sharing that. It's very fun. Can't wait to see it after this. Send it to you. Thank you. Okay, chapter twelve: Loving the Unlovely. I think this one was really difficult. And if you're in the valley, it just—if one more person tells me to love this unlovely person, I'm gonna punch them in the face. But that's not what Jesus says, right? All I can
0: think of as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death.
1: I'm going to read some of the Lord's Word.
0: Super duper.
1: Okay, so here's some Bible verses for you. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners, Even sinners love those who love them. So back to that golden rule. It's not that Farron, I need you to treat me exactly how I want to be treated. It's more of how can Farron show me love? How can I show my spouse love? That's how I can treat someone how they want to be treated, how I want to be treated. Yes.
0: Um, I think when I was younger and people would say like when people are treating you a certain way, a lot of the times, it's not even about you. It's about like what they're going through. Yeah, it's just misguided. I think as an adult, I've seen that a lot more often, and so for sure, not that I'm, um, you know, close-minded. To I could have done something wrong, but I don't start with that say unless I know that I did something Mm -hmm. wrong (laughs) but when people are ugly at the checkout line or in you know who hurt you baby come on cut you off in the parking lot or I don't know angry people at the soccer fields I just don't take it is that you or me (laughs) it could be depends on the situation I hope no one (laughs) listening saw me last week that's all I'm saying lord forgive her
1: mama bear
0: bless Bless it. If that kid knocks my kid out one more time. Anyways, I'm working on it. Carry on.
1: It. I'm working on it. Well, that's good, Farron, because the next point I was going to bring up is don't stay stuck. Once you recognize, oh, this is really hard. I am having a really difficult time loving this person well. It's not that, oh, I'm just going to like throw their clothes in the laundry. I think it has more to do with your heart in the situation as well. yes. Your feelings need to sometimes catch up with your actions. That's why you just need to do the act of love. And then hopefully your emotions catch up. But that's not a guarantee either. But the point is to not stay stuck. Otherwise, it's just going to be more of the same.
0: Yes. I think of uh, boundaries too. Mm -hmm. Um, Boundaries come to mind. There's some people that maybe you don't have to see as often if it's tough family members. Um, Maybe you can have your own limits and restrictions like hey if this starts happening we're going to casually leave or you know i'll come around but i'm not going to bring my kids around Uh, maybe it's a tough teacher you know we love Mm -hmm. our teachers and educators but hey everyone's human too and so just trying to find the best course of action and navigating those conversations and what's really important is modeling that for your kids right
1: Yes, that's so hard.
0: They're going to come across um, people that are difficult to love because, hey, it's happened to you. And so just in those instances, modeling how to navigate those situations. (laughs) Um, But that's not, I think we can't sit here and give you a one-way cures-all answer. It's going to vary situation to situation, whether it's the stranger
1: in the parking lot and the crazy Aunt Karen's. Sorry, Karen, you really get a bad rap, but we love you and God loves you. Let us know how we can show you love better, and if that stops being saying Karen jokes, we will do that. Message us, and we will. <laughs> okay, great. We'll put that right into our complaint box. Well, we will We will read that later. <laughs> uh, are we unlovable now? So one of the points that he brings up, because again, he... He's a counselor, so he has a, he's a marriage counselor specifically. So he has all these stories in his files about all of this history. And there's one spouse who has nothing to do with her, does not care about any of this stuff. And so he's like, let's do a six-month experiment. And this is what he says. I want you to go home and say, like after you've been trying all the five love languages, after about a month, say... I've been thinking about us, and I've decided that I would like to be a better wife to you. So if you have any suggestions I want to know, I, w- I would like to know, uh, and I want you to know that I'm open to them. You can tell me now, or you can think about it and let me know what you think, but I would really like to work on this. And if they're like, uh, okay, then just let it marinate with them. You can always follow up. And then he says, whatever they say to you, accept that as information, and say thank you for sharing, a little love and logic. And then if it's something that is physical touch or quality time or whatever, do those things. And then in about two weeks to a month, ask again, hey, I, I just am following up. I really want to be a better wife to you. Do you have any suggestions? And in this one particular story, it took the husband about three months to actually say something back. So again, not a quick fix, but now they have a thriving marriage. And there's, I'm sure there's a million stories like that.
0: Yeah, I think the hardest part of that is not saying something back. Yep. (laughs) Um, But let's say that you've been doing all these acts of service, and they say, you know, if you would just, you know, do something for me, and you're sitting there like, are you kidding me? Do you know what I do for you all the time? I feel like one thing, if you can say it calmly, is I would love to. What is something? Kind of like you were sharing Mm -hmm. earlier with Morgan. Not sarcastically. No, like, because fact of the matter is, they are feeling like that's not happening. Mm-hmm. And so, again, don't take on a laundry list. I like your example, again, of using one thing. So, yeah. And especially, we're spending all this time together. Yeah, you're on the couch, but you're both on your phones. So, you might think that you're putting in all these hours of uh, quality time. But they're not counting it. No. So... If you ask that question and they say something that you think you've been doing and you're about to explode, just recognize that your definition might not be the same. Or like he says, your dialect might not be the same dialect with the whole language analogy. All about analogies tonight.
1: Yes. Okay. So he, he does end the book with a personal word from him with encouragement, but then at the very back, if you buy the book, um, also make sure you check your dates, people, because there's new and different editions of it, so make sure you're checking, because looking at my and books, we have two different books. So keep that in mind if you want to buy the newest one. Uh, but in the back, it has frequently asked questions, which I thought was really neat, because that really helps with everything, especially since if you're at a conference or if you're not with the person. But it's things like, what, what if I can't discover my primary love language? That's where he talks about process of elimination or... What do you ask your spouse for help with, or what do you nag about? What are those things, and that'll help you. Um, What if I can't discover my wife's love language? We kind of covered that about what is she asking you to do or telling you to do, or what is on repeat for her. Um, Does your primary love language change as you get older? Uh, It tends to stay with you, but different seasons you may, your second one might creep up a little, like you might need or it looks different. Like if your quality time, your quality time, if you have a newborn, might be quality time with yourself in your car going to Starbucks. It's still quality time, <laughs> but it it kind the scenery has changed. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. It's not. It's kind of like enneagram. Like you're you are your number, but in different seasons, you move from healthy to stressed or whatever. So same thing with here. Depending on your season of life your physical touch like again if you just had a baby and you're a physical touch person you may not want to do certain things for a while but if you had a foot rub or a pedicure by not your spouse cool (laughs) you know you just gotta find what you need get a little creative i love it all great ideas Mm -hmm. he talks about does this work for children does this work in the workplace and all of the does it work for teens all of his answers are yes i have an addition for that so if you go on Amazon or wherever you get your books, there's going to be a million editions. So read them as the life phase comes. Yes, I asked my kids when we started doing
0: this series, you know, how, what can I do or what do I do that makes them feel loved? Because I was like, I'm not going to give them five. That's a lot. What yeah, can they yeah. just, and I was like, they're probably just going to be confused and won't say anything. But they were like hugs and kisses. Okay. Okay so physical touch yeah Mm -hmm. i think and i was thinking about that because hug and kiss them high and by all the time but not in between really and so i think when i do that i'm fully acknowledging them they have all my attention
1: yeah you know i'm not distracted so and that's where you can follow up too like you could ask this question daily what is one thing i've done today that makes you know that i love you And then you can kind of go from there, like, is it still kind of hugs and kisses, or it's like, well, we played Uno together, or you helped me with my homework, okay, that might be more quality time now. So it's going to take some time to kind of figure it out, but trial and error. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. So that wraps up The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. Super good book. It's been really helpful Mm -hmm. for a lot of ways Mm -hmm. in a lot of pockets of life. And we have our three interviews coming up next which, uh, if it turns out <laughs> like we'd like it to, we just need a couple more people on board for these two interviews. If we can get those couple. <laughs> we got at least one. we at got a, or two. I don't know. We'll see. You'll be surprised. Tune in next week to see who it is. <laughs> we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful lives. We love
0: providing our Christian based personal growth podcast to our listeners at no cost. If you are enjoying the content, please consider supporting our mission by
1: donating to our Patreon. We're a small team creating the show for our community by researching, recording, and producing the episodes ourselves. Any amount is greatly appreciated. Your support will help offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you can receive exclusive access. For more details on specific membership tiers, visit our Patreon page. Go to patreon.com forward slash wittyandgritty. We've included the link in the show notes.